guys. Welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we have an honor to invite the unofficial single season sack leader, former Pro Bowler and Rookie of the Year, Bubba Baker. Bubba, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic, Jake and Jake. That's amazing. So we're ready to hop right in. Our first question, what got you interested in football? Well, I was a fat kid in Newark, New Jersey, just across the bridge from you guys. I got bullied. Um, uh, I wasn't the toughest kid. And um, I kind of, I grew into it after the eighth grade. I just shot up, you know, and I went back and got all my bullies back. (laughs) But um, football was a way for me to be a part of uh, something. I was I was kind of shy. And I was scared of girls, you know, the whole the whole works. And it gave me confidence. So growing up, did you like like watching the NFL? And did you have any players you liked watching? And did you have a team you rooted for? Yeah. Um, the first game I ever saw in my life was the Dallas Cowboys versus the Cleveland Browns. A guy came out of the um, – he came out of the tunnel. His name was Chuck Howley. And I was never the same. I was 11 years old. He had his helmet in his left hand and his right hand across his heart. And, um, you know, he was the captain. And I just, you know, and back those days, there was only one football game on, on like NBC. Everybody was crowded around. And I went out, and from that point on, I was Chuck Howley as a kid, you know, throwing rolling body blocks and football. I was sold on football. So what was it like eventually, the whole recruitment process and leading you to go to college at Colorado State? Well, I was a basketball player, and I visited a, probably about I think it was seven schools. And um, I chose Colorado State because – my high school coach, Floyd Kerr, went to Colorado State as an assistant basketball coach. So I knew that that was one of the few schools that was going to allow me to play basketball and football. And so that's why I chose Colorado State mainly. So, you know, moving towards after college, you were drafted by the Lions in the second round. So, you know, what was it like getting the call that you were going to get drafted? You know, what was that like finding out you're getting drafted? Well, I didn't even – I missed the call, actually, guys, because I thought I was going in the first round. And when they got to, like – I knew what teams was going to take and what. And when they got to the point where they were done, because there were 11 linemen taken back in that year. And to be honest with you, I was real upset. And so I went for a walk. Uh, as you guys know, ESPN and all that, none of that existed in my day. It was a phone call. I missed the call, and – uh, one of my roommates came running down the street and said, "Hey, you got drafted by the Lions," which I was. That wasn't one of the teams I was expecting to go to. I wanted to go to the Dallas Cowboys, and they didn't draft me. And so that was um, kind of a rough experience for me. And I carried it all the way through the season. I reminded myself every day that they didn't take me in the first round. So even though you weren't a Cowboy, you were a Lion. So was it like having the most historic rookie season by a defensive player, probably ever by saying the unofficial sack record and winning rookie of the year? Well, you know what? It was a lot, guys. Um, You know, it was kind of overwhelming because it all just happened so fast. You know what I mean? And everybody was coming at me. And I was super 
proud of what I had accomplished, but I didn't realize what came along with being famous. You know, uh, we had to fly, me and a guy named Earl Campbell, you guys familiar with Earl Campbell, number 34 for the Houston Oilers. And we flew around together receiving awards and you had to do it. You know, you'd go to, I must've gone to like 10 different places to give you a trophy. And you had to sit with a lot of stiff shirts and be honored. And then probably by, by mid-March, I was sick and tired of doing it. And, um, but I was proud of myself. What I always say to people who want to be famous, be careful what you wish for. So recently, about a month ago, there was a film made about your rookie year by NFL Films. So what was that kind of like, you know, you know, them appreciating your rookie year like that, you know, getting a film about it? Uh, that was 46 years later. And I was just super proud that my family and everybody got to see it that, you know, the Todd Schmidt and NFL films did a fantastic job. Um, that was my crowning moment guys. It, believe it or not, 46 years later, you know, I was, I was glad that they told the story about who really had the most sacks and no offense to you guys. Cause Michael Strahan is in New York, but you know, the truth was, I had the record in, and um, I was just glad that somebody finally acknowledged it. And by the way, I was really, really excited that came from pro football reference because that means the NFL, you know, it was legitimate. And, but, you know, there was no halo that came over my head or something. It was just one of those things. And it was a neat time and on to act two, you know, you know, writing a book and doing what I'm doing now. Uh, I'm just as competitive as I was 46 years ago. So what was it like playing the Pro Bowl three times in your career? The first time that I went to the Pro Bowl was in Los Angeles. It was, first of all, it was, I, I can't even describe it. It was out of this galaxy. Because now I was sitting with those same guys that were my heroes. Um, perfect example was I had a, almost a life-size poster of the original Captain America. His name was Roger Starback for the Dallas Cowboys, number 12. And his locker was straight across from mine in the Pro Bowl. And I had sacked him for my rookie year. They basically put him out of the game against the Cowboys. And now here I am, I'm sitting across from Captain America, probably one of the... Um, most respected professional football players. And the Cowboys were the biggest team in the NFL. Everything was Cowboys. And so I'm sitting across from one of my heroes. And then right down from me was a guy that, um, his name was Leroy Selman. He and his brother Dewey, just previously, like two years before while I was in college, they were on the front page of Sports Illustrated. And I was starting in the Pro Bowl before him. I, that was kind of pretty cool. So, you know, moving now after your football career, you opened up a barbecue restaurant and you actually went on Shark Tank. So, you know, what's been like, what was the whole inspiration for that? And what was it like going on Shark Tank? Well, I've always been creative. That was kind of how I was as a football player. Um, you know, back when I was 11 years old, I found out that I had this skill that I could draw. And so I always encouraged myself to be creative. You could say I always wanted to be different. You guys know what I mean? You know how 
I mean, even when other people didn't embrace being different. So one of the things that I did was I noticed a lot of people in my restaurants used to take and cut around the bones around ribs. So I automatically started trying to figure out, well, how can I get the bones out of there? And I always had to contend with, uh, is it like McDonald's, you know, when I would advertise? And of course it was nothing like McDonald's because McDonald's is pieces of meat put together. Ours was a single solitary slab of ribs. And the mastering of it was the fact that we were taking the bones out of them thousands of slabs at a time weekly, you know, and and so we we did it specifically on a baby back. So Shark Tank was a very big moment in my life. And uh, I was glad that my daughter and I got a chance to go on the stage and tell people what it was really about. So what was it like actually like working with Damon Johnson from Shark Tank? And like, how has it been with your um, rib company ever since? Well, you know what? It's been it's been I, I was expecting more. I won't I won't tell you. I thought it was going to be a, a earth shaker. Um, it was a lot of work. Um, and you know, it was just one of those, you, let me get tell you guys about what I believe in life. I don't think any one moment is defines your life. So that was one part of my life and I'm on to the next. So what was it like publishing a book called the super seven later in your, later in your life? That's probably right now, that's the biggest thing that I've ever done because uh, I had the best seat in the house um, in a stadium and that's the sidelines. And so going back to what I was telling you about being on the field with some of my boyhood heroes, I wanted to tell a story. And after COVID, I didn't want to talk about race. I didn't want to talk about politics. So I drew seven characters, a cheetah, Connie Corso dog, um, a uh, silverback gorilla, an actual goat, which I showed you guys on my T-shirt. Um, uh, Lena is a Barbary lion that is extinct, uh, a blonde bison, and then um, a um, a wild boar named D-Bone. So I created this world that exists in um, Grand Canyon National Park. And, and the book is really about football, superheroes, aliens and animals, and a message to mankind about what we need to do to pass on a better world to guys your ages with our ecosystem. And so that that's my elevator pitch. You know, I, I wanted to tell it and I use cartoons to do it. And again, you know, I, I think those are four elements that everybody can relate to football, superheroes, alien and and, and and animals who doesn't like pets, you know? So that's what the book's about. Let me give you guys the website. It's uh my name's Bubba Baker. It's Bubba B7.com. Uh it's Bubba B7.com. And it's a great story. It's uh it's actually a graphic novel. You, you know, like the movie 300? Yeah. yeah. It's in that category, but it's 22 pages. And um I hope to make it a Lion King or a um, Ninja Turtles. That was my whole goal. I'm a big dreamer, guys. That's what I went after. And, of course, I'm going to be adding to it, adding to the protagonist, which is JV. He's the actual GOAT. I patented and trademarked those guys and copywritten the book. So 
um, you go to that site, you'll see it. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. Yeah. So cool. now talking about like the NFL right now, like, you know, what are your thoughts on the Lions? You know, they kind of had like a surprising season after having a tough year last year. So what were your thoughts on it? I I um if you guys go to Al Bubba Baker, uh, my social media, you'll see I do I would do these skits. I was doing them about the Lions. I got into it this year, man. I, I'm a huge uh Dan Campbell fan, the, the head coach. Um, I was very proud of the Lions, and they only missed the playoffs by default. You know, Seattle beat the Rams, and had the Lions played the kind of ball they were capable of playing uh, the week previously when they had records uh, by the Carolina Panther rushed against them, uh, that was a concern for me. I was like, where did that come from? Because Carolina absolutely destroyed them, ran all over them, kind of like your Giants did the Minnesota Vikings the week before. All right, G-Men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's when your team, like now, you guys ought to be super proud of the Giants because oh, yeah. they've been struggling. Oh, oh yeah. Lions yeah. are in the same, Lions are in the same category. And I am, I'm, I'm proud to uh, have been one of the alumni. They made me proud this year. So speaking of the Giants, we're huge Giants fans, diehard. But what's your Super Bowl pick for the season now that the Lions are not in it? Who was your pick to win it all? Okay. In the AFC, you guys, I got to tell you this. I believe that Jacksonville is going to go into into uh, uh, Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. And I'll tell you guys why and see if you agree with me. And then I think that the Giants are going to upset the uh, Eagles, same right. reason. I'm going to tell you why real quick. And so, but the Super Bowl is probably going to be um, Dallas Cowboys and the Bills are motivated by DeMar Hamlin, what happened. I've seen teams when players get injured, they're playing on another planet, right? And by the way, don't tell anybody but I got a man crush on Josh Allen. And I call Daniel Jones little Josh, you know, because he runs the ball too, but I love Josh Allen. So here's the reason why those two teams. Philly will lose, and so will Kansas City, because I'm not a big fan when you only play 17 games and then you make the playoffs and you get that bye. There's a whole week where you're not competing, Right. You cannot duplicate the intensity of the NFL. Maybe you might be healing up some injuries, but I think you lose a step. You know what I mean? When a player gets injured and he doesn't play for a week, I've been injured where I, I, I was not starting and playing the whole game. And even the next week when I came back, the speed of the game, we were talking about some big, strong, fast, agile athletes that are constantly being advanced by technology. So you miss a week and you come back, you are a week behind. Sitting around on the bye week is going to cost Philadelphia to lose to the Giants. It's going to cost the Chiefs to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Bills will beat the Jaguars. I love that pick, but what's the reasoning behind Dallas over San Fran, the way San Fran's been playing without a bye and Purdy going Purdy? being Mr. Irrelevant and now becoming a, actually a good QB. So what was like the story behind picking Dallas? I, and the reason that I'm picking um, 
Dallas over 49ers is because Mr. Relevant has not had a bad game yet. And everybody in the National Football League, like that game I told you guys about where the Lions looked like they were uh, St. Mary's School of the Blind playing against the the, the um, Panthers, I think Purdy is due. And I think that the Dallas Cowboys have something. You guys, you might know of a guy by the name of LT. Yep. Lawrence Taylor. Well, I think Micah Parsons is the new Lawrence Taylor, and they're not going to be able to block him. He's going to play out of his mind. And trust me, I was at the St. Louis Cardinals. We used to play against Taylor, and he was a force to reckon with. He could win the game by himself. So you guys watch Micah Parsons versus the 49ers. They're not going to be able to deal with him, and he's going to play out of his mind. So we're going to move into some four rapid-fire questions to wrap up this interview. Our first one, what was your favorite moment in your career so, and in the entire career in the NFL? I got the turkey leg on Thanksgiving Day as a rookie from John Madden. Uh, what, is, what was the favorite stadium you played in your NFL career? My favorite stadium? Yeah. The Silver Dome. Woo! That was our home stadium, and it was – that old hard astroturf, and it was really fast. And everybody used to scream, kill Bubba, kill. <laughs> that was my favorite stadium. Who was who are some of your favorite teammates that you play with? Are the Cardinals, the Lions, or Cleveland in your career? The best teammate I ever had was the guy that played right next to me in Detroit. His name was Doug English, number 78. And I just had him on my podcast uh last week. We've been friends for 46 years. That's a long time. It is. Hey, guys, I'm 66. <laughs> That's a long time. And to wrap up the interview, what is your favorite sports movie? Wow. Remember the Titans, man. Yeah. I love, you know, that quarterback in that movie? And he's got the long hair. He yeah. reminds me of Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I can you remember that. that? You know that? Remember that quarterback? How they called him Sunshine? That's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so thank and you. And Rudy's second. Rudy's my second football movie, but but I I like remember the Titans because of that story about that linebacker uh, and the kids that um, that bonded when the kid got hit in a car accident. That was a great scene. So thank you so much, Bubba, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Best of luck in the future. We'd love to have you on again. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.